that's inside of you. in our minds and Lord we just come to you this morning Lord thanking you and praising you and giving you glory because worthy is the Lamb of God worthy is Jesus Christ worthy is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords worthy to be praised worthy to be receive honor and glory and power thank you Father Lord I as we look to you this morning, Lord, as we look to your face, as we look to see what you're doing, Father God, in, in, in everybody, in everything, in all things, Lord, we thank you for that. And we give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the sing that over a couple of times. Worthy is the Father God, thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, 
as Robert mentioned, today's Pentecost Sunday, and I feel I had felt this beforehand, so I'm going to start this, and it may be all I get to this morning, but that's okay. We're not bound to our own stuff, right? That's what we get wrong is when we're bound to our own stuff. You know, and I want to say this before I start. You know, there are so many things that happen in our lives. And there are good things and there are great things and there are awesome things. And then there are bad things and terrible things and not good things, right? That come in our path. But we have to learn God's word and how to stand. And you know, on this day of, that, we, uh, on, that we celebrate and that we remember Pentecost, we remember what Jesus did. And we remember when the Holy Spirit was sent. See, Jesus came to the earth and he was a sacrifice for us and, and we sacrificed, he sacrificed his body, sacrificed his throne, he sacrificed everything to come here on earth that we might be saved. But it's more than that. It was more than that. That we might live a life fulfilled for him I want to read this and I'm going to start in Acts 1 it says just before he ascended into heaven Jesus left instructions through the Holy Spirit for the apostles he had chosen after the sufferings of his cross Jesus appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a 40 day period proving to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected during these encounters he taught them the truths of God's kingdom so during these times when he would appear to them, when they would see him, he was teaching them truths. He was teaching them things. He was showing them the way. He was showing them his way. And it said, Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift that the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So he told them to wait because basically he could not release them to go out forward without the power of his Holy Spirit. The, he said, I leave earlier in, in, in the scripture. He talked about leaving them a paraclete, basically. Somebody that would stick with them like a brother. Somebody that would stick with them forever. So he's saying, you can't enter this. You can't enter this crazy place without the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. So he told them to wait. Sometimes we need to wait on anytime we're doing so we need to wait on the Holy Spirit to say it's time or whatever it is and wait. I spent 18 years of my life just thrown out the windows in some senses. Even though I was churched, brought up in church, I, did, I didn't know the things that I know now. And, and I, my life was going nowhere fast. I was just going down a deep hole. And I thought that's where I was supposed to be. I thought that, hey, what does it even matter? That one day, Jesus showed up. And it changed my life forever. I had direction. It changed who I am and who I was and who I need to be. 
And I've been following him ever since. Have there been ups and downs? Yes. Have there been times when I was like, but yes. We have to remember. I have to remember. Wait. Wait on the Holy Spirit. Every time they were gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is now the time for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He answered this way. The Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant province, even to the remotest places on earth. So he says, I can't tell you when the kingdom is going to be fulfilled because you don't need to know that. Basically, is what he's saying. Because, you know, if you know what the ending is, you kind of tend to, well, it's coming. So I'm, I'm you know, you're, you're, I'm at the end of my trip, so I'll slow down. And, but no. He said, no, you're not permitted to know that. I don't know that. You don't know that. Nobody knows that but my father. But I do promise you this. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And when he does, you will have power. You know what he gives you power not to work not to worry about that anymore i think that's one of the things i'm not concerned about when he comes and when he doesn't come some people spend their whole life trying to figure that out hey spend your whole life doing what the apostles did and then when it comes it comes and if it comes after i'm already gone to be with him then that's awesome But he says, you know what, you, better than that, you're going to be my messengers. You're going to be the ones who carry out this gospel. You're going to be the ones who share what I did for you with all the people. Even to the remotest places on earth. So in other words, it's going everywhere. And from this day forward, the power of the Spirit will come upon people and they will go out. And then there was some time that went by. And we come to Acts chapter 2. And this was the day of Pentecost. It says, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. That, and I want to read this um, definition of this Greek word. So when it says came to be fulfilled, to fill completely, to be fulfilled. Pentecost is one of the main feasts of Israel. The name is derived from the Greek word which means 50th, since it was held on the 50th day after the Passover Sabbath. It was also known as the Feast of Harvest. So this was, Pentecost just wasn't the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on Pentecost. It came on that day. And that day is, is still celebrated even now. So it says, suddenly they heard a sound of a violent blast of wind. I like the way that that puts that. They heard the sound of a violent blast of wind. Have you ever heard a violent blast of wind? I, I'm, I have, and it's, it's, it's loud. And it's kind of, oh, what was that? Rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. Could you imagine? It sounded like somebody turned the wind machine on and it came inside that place that they were at.
from out of the heavenly realm there came that rushing wind into the house. The roar of the wind was so overpowering it was all anyone could bear. So it was loud, guys. I mean, it was like, what is that noise? It was loud. So they could hardly bear it. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated in the tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. Could you imagine being in that place? And what you're seeing is everybody's like just surrounded by fire. It's like all around them. It's kind of like when Moses saw the burning bush. It wasn't consuming it, but it was burning, right? So that's a, it doesn't consume. It consumes all the junk out of us, but we're not consumed. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now, They started speaking in tongues and then everybody heard this. Everybody heard this. So this was inside this room. Some people say it was the temple and they call it an upper room, but some people say it was actually the temple that they worshiped in. So you think, well, I heard this in this room and all this, but listen to this. Verse five says, now at the time they were, there were Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. So not only was that noise in that room, it went all over the whole Jerusalem. It went over everywhere. People heard that and said, what is that? Let's go find out. You know how it is today if you hear something, everybody runs to it. But that's what they did. Everybody in the city ran to say, what is this noise? And there were people from everywhere. They ran to find out what in the world. He says, bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? How is it? We know how it was. It's through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can equip you with stuff that you never had in you when you need it. And there are those times in your life when you're ministering to somebody or you're in a place and the Holy Spirit will fill you with what you need when you need it. That's why you don't need to worry about it. You say, well, God wants me to do this, but what am I going to do when I get there? You're going to do whatever the Spirit of God leads you if you're listening to him, right? And you fill the Spirit, you listen to what he says. And then they go on the list where they were from and said they all stood there dumbfounded and astonished saying other than to one another, what is this phenomenon? What is going on? But some poked fun at them. This is down in verse 13 and said, they're just drunk on new wine. And then Peter stood up who Peter had no ministry before then. And he was really down in the dumps because he had betrayed his his Lord and Savior Jesus, he had betrayed him. So he's kind of like, I'll never be worth anything. I'll never be able to do anything because, you know, I turn, I, you know, I denied Jesus in front of everybody. So what, who am I? But see, when the Holy Spirit came on upon him, it changed who he was. He was empowered to do what he was called to do. 
says Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd. He didn't just stand up and say it. He shouted. And if we had, today we could have a microphone, we could shout, and then it would be even louder. But he didn't have a microphone, so he had to shout loud, right? He had to have a powerful voice. I don't know if he had a powerful voice before then, but that day his voice was very powerful because of the power of the Holy Spirit in him. And it went out everywhere, all over that place. And he said, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. He knew what they were thinking. You got to understand what's going on. What is happening here? These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. In other words, nobody gets up that early in the morning and gets drunk. Maybe some do, but you know what he's saying? No, we just got through with breakfast and, and we're waiting on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, listen to this, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy and your young men that will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. It will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear for the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before the great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So in those days when, when people start seeing these things, everybody... Everybody that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everybody, not just a few. Okay, I'm going to continue. I didn't know where to stop, but I might not. <laughs> That's okay. Peter continued, people of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus, the victorious, was a man in, on a divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many powerful miracles, signs, and wonders through him. This man's destiny was prearranged. For God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified and that you would execute him on a cross by the hands of lawless men. Yet it was all part of his predetermined plan. God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. This is the very thing David prophesied about him. I will continually see the Lord in front of me. He's at my right hand and I am never shaken. No wonder my heart is glad and my glory celebrates. My mouth is filled with his praises. And I hope that my body will live because you will not leave my soul among the dead, nor will you allow your sacred one to experience decay. For you have revealed to me the pathways to life and seeing your face fills me with euphoria. So Peter is giving them the whole thing, the whole scope. He's giving them, you know, prophecies, and, um, and he's, give, he's showing them, he's giving them prophecies from David. And he said, this is it. And he goes on and says, my fellow Jews, I can tell you, there's no doubt that our noted patriarch has both died and been buried in his tomb which remains to this day. So you can see that he was not referring to himself with those words. He said, you know, David's still in the tomb. So he wasn't talking about himself. He's talking about Jesus. 
But as a prophet, he knew God's faithful promise made with God's unbreakable oath that one of his descendants would take his throne. So when peering into the future, David prophesied of the Messiah's resurrection and God revealed to him that the Messiah would not be abandoned to the realm of death, nor would his body experience decay. In three days he rose. He didn't have time to decay. Right? And see, could you imagine how David felt seeing this? I mean, wow. How David felt seeing what was going to happen in the future. You know, and even in that knowing that physically on this earth, he wouldn't be able there, be there to see it, but he knew it was going to happen. David wasn't the one who sent it into heaven, but the one who prophesied, Yahweh said to my Lord, I honor you by enthroning you beside me and I will make your enemies a footstool beneath your now, everyone in Israel can know for certain that Jesus, whom you crucified, is the one God has made both Lord and the Messiah. And then it says, okay, here, Peter, he's given what God has told him to do. He has spoken the word of God with, through the power of the Holy Spirit, which he could not have done before that point in time, right? So he, it, even if he thought he was supposed to speak, he, would, he could not do it until the Spirit of God had come upon him and filled him with power. You know, something, I just want to make a little breakout right there. People call them rabbit trails, whatever you want to call it. But do you know, we should, we can never and should never try to do things without the power of the Holy Spirit. Even if God has shown us in the future, this is what's going to happen. Or this is what may ha this is what you need to look for. You can't say, well, let's just go ahead and do it. No, you wait. And some people will say, well, why don't you just go ahead and do that? Because you don't. Because it will not work. It will fall and you will fall flat on your face. You wait until the power of the spirit, until the spirit says, do it. It's time. And you know, sometimes that comes, you're like, well, wait a minute. I don't know if I'm quite ready. Yes, you are. If the spirit of God says to do it, you're quite ready. You're quite equipped to do what he has asked you to do. Then it said the, in, in the little notes on, in my Bible, it says the crowd responds to Peter's words. So here's Peter has spoken this and the crowd, everybody's responding. When they heard this, they were crushed. Although they were messed up. You ever been messed up by the Holy Spirit? Messed up by God? They were crushed. All the stuff that was going through, the, all the stuff that they thought that they knew was crushed. That's what happened to me when I accepted Christ. All that I thought I was and what I was supposed to be was crushed. In that moment. I was like, what? Am, you know, and I, and I remember just like, I, I had a, I was, I've told you this before, but I was in my 1971 Ford pickup. And I pulled over to the side of the road and I just let go. I cried. I said, God, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand what's happened to me in this point in my life. But I, here it is. Here's everything. And my life changed from having no purpose, not feeling like I was really loved that much, to wow, God has purpose. And I couldn't wait to tell somebody. So I picked up, I got, when I got home, you know, we didn't have cell phones. I got on the phone and I called one of my friends who had been bringing me along in this journey. 
and shared what had happened. When they heard this, they were crushed and realized what they had done to Jesus. Could you imagine their emotions and their feelings? We just crucified God's son. We just crucified the one that had been prophesied about for you. We just crucified the Messiah. Could you imagine how they felt on the inside of them? They were crushed. Deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? Immediately, you know, when you come to that place, you're like, what do I need to do? That's what was in my, my thoughts when I accepted, when I pulled over and I called them. And I said, what, you know, what's next? And I really thought they were upset with me because I was supposed to help them do something. And I didn't and I did something else and I won't go into that. But I thought, man, they're going to be, you know, they don't even want to talk to me because I let them down this week. But no, they were, you, let, come on. <laughs> and then that began my journey to where I'm at today. What, deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we do now, brothers? Tell us. Peter replied, repent and turn to God. And each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. In other words, repent. All you have to do is say, God, I'm sorry. I repent of what I've done. So here I am. We don't have to have anything else but that. Oh, it's just, I repent. You know, Lord, I see my sins. I recognize it. I'm sorry for it. Here I am. Take me. Do what you will with me. Make me whole. Show me the next steps to my life. And you know what? When you do that, God will come in and he will change you. And maybe, you know, and in my past I had said, you know, I had, thought I had, I had said words, but I never changed. I never did because I never really was repentful, repented of what I had done. I never really did that. But that moment I did that moment. I realized that my life was going nowhere. Repent and return to God. And each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one to have your sins removed. So he's saying, repent and be baptized. He said, then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families, for those yet to be born and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. In other words, separate yourself from this world and the way it believes Get yourself out of that. Get yourself over into the word of God. You know, if he said today, get yourself in a church that teaches the word. Get yourself in the Bible. Get yourself in this and get away from all that stuff and begin to let your mind be changed. You know, 12, Romans 12, 2, one of my favorites. Renew your mind. Change the way you think. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. 3,000. From a, here's a guy who had denied Jesus just a little bit before that. Here's a guy who was beaten down. Was, I'm sure he was like hiding from people. But you know what? See, we all can adapt strange beliefs in our lives, right? 
things that just we think. I, even me raised in church, I had a cra some crazy beliefs. But when Jesus came in and I began to see his word and I, and I was filled with his spirit and I began to hear what he had to say, the word revealed to me, it changed those thinkings. I had some crazy thinkings I won't go into. 3,000. And then, then, see, it says that they were baptized and added to the church. And this next part is really important because it shows where we need to go on our next step. We just don't accept Christ. In my teaching on the stronghold today, and I guess I'll do that next time, on strongholds and how we get rid of them, how we get those strongholds that are in our mind erased and taken out. And, and is, um, we have to realize that Jesus is not just our savior. In other words, he didn't just save us from our sins. He completes us. He makes us whole. And you know what? The world wants you to believe all this stuff. And nowadays it's gotten worse and worse with the Bible says it wax. But I'll, I will tell you, I'm here to tell you, and, and, and without him, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't live. You know what? Without knowing that his word is true. I don't care what the world says. See, the world wants to just say everybody's great and let's just do this and do that and you do whatever you want to and think whatever you want to. God created us who he created us to be and there's nothing else past that. And when we accept him and when we allow his spirit to come in and change us from the inside out, wow, there's something about that. And we can have peace when it doesn't look like we ought to have peace. When it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of things. Excuse me. There are, I need my little pouch. I have a, what do you call that thing? Huh? Camelback. And when I'm mowing grass, I fill it full of ice and water. And it's the greatest thing. I just, when I need water, I just stick it in my mouth and I get water. And it's nice and cold and refreshing. I need that up here. I'm just kidding. But when God comes in and changes us, we think differently. You know, we may think that we have it figured out but we can't figure it out without him. We have, like I said, these crazy beliefs inside of us that the world has taught us. And the world says, well, you know, you just be what you feel like you want to be. Well, that's wrong. And you'll never be fulfilled. You'll never have victory until you learn to trust God. And there are times and there are times lately for me that I've been thought, man, I don't know if I can make it through this. You know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and the enemy starts pounding you. I woke up last night and I'm like, I am sweating. Why is it so hot? I had just fixed the air conditioner. 
And I looked around and Peggy's clock wasn't on. Well, the power had went out. I'm like, oh, great. I noticed the fan wasn't running. I said, did Peggy get cold and turn the fan off? I should have known better than that. You know, you ladies, y'all don't do that. Because you might wake up really hot. Um, but what had happened, there had been an accident in the car, hit a power pole not far from our house and knocked the power out. And it came back on about 3.30, I think. So I'm awakened. And I'm like, and then, you know, the, all of a sudden these thoughts started coming. They were just coming and coming and coming. What was going on? What was this? What was this? What about tomorrow? What about this? What about that? And, you know, you have to say stop. Stop. And I began to pray and I began to say, Lord, just help me go to sleep. And I went back to sleep. So. I left yet. Those believed the word. They were numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. And then verse 42 says, every believer was faithfully devoted to what? Following the teachings of the apostles. In other words, okay, they went from here, crucifying Christ, to becoming a believer. And what did they do? They started following the teachings to Christ. It don't even say they just started following. It says they were faithfully devoted. And you have to be faithfully devoted to whatever it is you're doing. And you got to be faithfully devoted to listening to God's word. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. There's that coming together thing. A deep sense. You know one of the things this pandemic done is it separated people. Some people are afraid to even come out of their house. Especially those of us who are Christians and those who, you know, that we've got to eventually break loose and break out. Amen. And become who God has called us to become and break out of that thing. Break out of that situation. Break out of that. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. And so the apostles performed many miraculous things. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. So it was, this was a continual thing, a snowball thing, a revival of such, we would call it today. You know, and that's something I want to tell you, you can't have a revival. You can't, oh, we're going to have a revival next week. No, it don't work that way. You start doing what God says to do and revival comes. Revival came. Peter and them didn't say, well, we're going to have, they didn't know what revival was back then. But you know what I'm saying? So when we listen to God, when we listen to his words, when we listen to what he says, you know, and this all plays into this thing on strongholds. And I just want to say a little bit about that. Um, strongholds, you know, as, as I said, there are fortresses of strongholds that are good. That is a place to protect us. When we take the bad, the strongholds 
of doubt, fear, confusion, and all those things, and we begin to replace them or put in our minds places of fortresses that protects us, then when those things try to rise up, that protects us. No, you can't get in here. Because I'm surrounded by God and his word. I'm surrounded by the truth. And you're not going to get in here and make me think that way anymore. I, we all have to, I have to do that all the time. Because the enemy's going to pop up those things that used to be. And maybe the way you used to be and the way you used to think. And I want you to know something. God is on the throne. And God knows everything about you and God cares about you and God will reveal that to you. And I want to say now, wherever you're at, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, and you're thinking about going opposite of what God says, you think, you know, I'm going to do this because this is the thing. This is what everybody accepts. It doesn't matter what everybody accepts. It matters what God says. And I want to tell you what, if you want to see your life change, then accept Christ. And realize, hey, what? Guess what? God is who he says he is. And yeah, even though times get tough, God will come up. But a lot of people, well, I don't see it happening. You know why? Because you're not in tune to the word. You're not in God's word. You're not pulling that forward. You, you may dabble into it, but dabbling doesn't do anything for anybody. You just get a little bit here and a little bit there. It's just like if there's this big buffet of food. And you just go up there and grab a little bit and dabble and dabble. Well, you don't get fulfilled. You don't get satisfied because, you know, you can't figure out what you want, kind of. Pentecost. What we as Christians celebrate is the time that the Holy Spirit came and indwelled us and indwelled his, his people, indwelled the apostles, indwelled everyone there. And they begin to see things happen. They begin to see things go. And, you know, you need to, you need to if you haven't received that, you need to wait and receive that Holy Spirit. You get saved. They got saved. And then all times through Acts, go and read it. There are many times when people would go and they would say, have you received the Holy Spirit? You've accepted Christ. They would say, no. And they would pray for him and they would receive Christ, the Holy Spirit. They would speak in tongues. They would, these things would happen and they would begin to see things happening. We need to allow the Spirit of God to come in and change us. Change us, change us, change us. You know, I don't, I don't know where anybody is. I could, I'd like to just get the worship team back up in here. If somebody could go round them up. I know someone's teaching kid, kids and all the youth, excuse me, they're not kids, they're youth. You know, um, this morning, of course, this is not what I planned. But, you know, a friend, a good pastor friend of mine from Ohio sent me a message this morning talking about Pentecost and about the power of the Spirit. And I was like, wow. And I thanked him. And then it just kind of like, I thought, we all read a little bit about Pentecost. I'll read about the, um, 
you know, what happened on that day. And I had it sitting there. And then through the course of the worship, God said, you just follow me. And that's what's good. And I like to follow him. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know where any of you guys out there online, or any of you, I don't know where everybody's at. I don't know where you're at in your heart, but I want you to know something. I am serious about what I'm talking about. I am serious about God. I'm serious about Jesus becoming Lord of my life and becoming Lord of your lives. And if you've not done that and you haven't really done, and you know, you're thinking this morning, I, you need to, to turn it over. Let's stand up, those who are in here. And, you know, I, I want us to, that last song, and I want us to thank God this morning. You know what? The power of the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, and we need to let him out some. <laughs> we need to realize who he is in us and what he does for us and how he changes us. Amen? We need to realize. You know, if you're going into Acts 3, it starts, Peter and John went and they, they prayed for this guy basically and he got up and walked. You know, there's nothing like life with Jesus a life filled with the Holy Spirit and you know what we can go our whole lives and think well that's just a bunch of craziness that's for people that aren't very smart or whatever but it's not true some of the smartest people that have been on this earth knew Christ knew the Holy Spirit You know, when we sing this song, you know, it starts out breathing him in. So I invite you this morning. This is a different kind of altar call this morning. I want you to close your eyes, please. Think about what you're saying and what you're singing. Thinking about this is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. You breathe in the Holy Spirit this morning and allow Him to make a change in your life and in your heart. Whether you're young or old, you know, and some of you are getting older, you're teens, you're getting to the place of you're going to one day be out in the world kind of by yourself. You're going to need something. So this morning as we sing this song, make it a prayer to God. Make it a prayer. Make it be a change in who you are. Say, God, I'm ready for whatever it is you have me that you want me to do. I, I, I feel like in some ways I'm in a hopeless place. I'm in a place where I don't understand that there can be such a thing as hope. But God says, 
allow me to come in. Allow my spirit to fill you with that hope because he is the one who fills us.
closed. You know, maybe you said in your heart this morning, you know, and maybe it's just a beginning point for you to head that way. But I want you to know that God's Spirit is alive and well on this earth. He's the only one that can give you real fulfillment, real peace. Money can't, fame can't. We see that all the time where people have plenty of fame, plenty of money, and they take their lives because they don't feel fulfilled. So this morning, I just ask you to search your hearts out this morning. You know, I just want to pray for you this morning. I'm not going to call you up this morning. I feel like I just need to pray for you. Keep everybody with their head bowed and your eyes closed and anybody that's in this building. If you say, you know, I, I just need your prayer right now. I, I'm making a decision. I need to make a decision. I need to get things right. I want you to just raise your hand this morning. And I'm going to pray with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord. And I praise you for it. Lord, I pray for the ones that their hands are... I pray right now, Father, that you would touch them in a special way. They would see you like they've never seen you before and that your anointing and your power would fill them up. Lord, that you would show them, God, that you are really real and that you are the only thing that can change their lives and that you can make things right. You can make a pathway that's straight. You can make a pathway, Lord, that leads to 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 to, to peace and joy and understanding, Lord, and that you can take hold of that this morning. Lord, I thank you for that this morning. I pray right now, Father, in Jesus' name, that you touch them, Lord, that you put people in their lives, that they will seek, search out people in their lives, friends and people that can help them and show them the way, Lord. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I pray and I thank you in Jesus' name. You know, you can pray this in your heart with them if you want to. Say, Lord, I just, right now, I thank you I believe that you are the King of Kings. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords. I believe that you're my Savior. And I come to you. I repent of my sins and I thank you for what you're going to do. I receive your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And everybody say amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord. I pray for peace for those that need peace. Lord, I pray that every person that prayed that in their heart and everyone in there would just seek someone out to talk to and to say look this is what's going on this is what has happened I need this peace in my life in Jesus name amen hallelujah you know I, I just want to thank you tell you this morning this is our missions offering this morning so if you have your missions offerings the buckets are in the back and um, I, I do want to say this is we've had to 